0: Welcome back to another edition of the Niner Sports Talk. I'm Cameron Williams here with my co-host, Miles Ruder, And today we have a very special guest on tap for everyone to hear. Trevor Wilt, as many people call him, the mayor, as he has been around Charlotte for a while. He graduated from Charlotte in 2017. And I'll let him tell a little bit more about himself, so I won't steal all his thunder. I'll bring in Trevor right now.
1: All right. I believe we're good. You, You Boys can hear me?
2: Yes, sir. You can hear you loud and clear.
1: Awesome. Miles and Cameron, thanks for having me on. Again, it's a a pleasure to be able to join back in with some current Charlotte 49ers. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, guys, they graduated back in 2017. It feels like yesterday, but again, it feels like 10 years ago that I went to Charlotte. It's a spot that is always going to be near and dear to my heart, no matter what happens to me. But yeah, back then it was radio free Charlotte back in the day. Now you guys have a lot cooler name than what we had, but worked with them worked with the Niner times and just excited to be able to invest back into you guys and help you guys out in any way, man
0: that's always appreciated. So tell us a little bit about what you do as the color analyst with the basketball team here at Charlotte and also what you do with the Cannonballers.
1: We'll start with the Charlotte 49ers. So I was just fortunate enough to talk to Jacob Powers, Chris Bowen, and a few other people just two seasons ago during the off season. I was actually in the press box for most of my little interviews over the phone about it and got to go in and meet with them. So again, I'm the color analyst with the Charlotte 49ers men's basketball team. And it's been an absolute blessing being able to to call games and, and travel the country and, and be able to represent the Charlotte 49ers and technically I do work for IMG Lairfield and I guess you could say ESPN 7:30 as well but at the end of the day I'm still Bleed Niner Green and I love this university I love the basketball team probably just as much as anybody on the team, if not more. And and I think a lot of people, hopefully whenever they meet me, that's what they think as well. And when people call me the Mayor of Iron Nation, at first, was, it was just an absolute joke. My buddy made a Twitter account because he came to a game. He's like, dude, you literally go and shake hands with everybody and kiss babies. They're like, Mayor of Iron Nation, I'm going to make you a Twitter account. Did it. And we had like two followers for forever. I literally still don't have the password. Probably haven't tweeted off in like four or five years, but that's literally how that all started. But I love it, man. And of course, just being with the team, and I know this year was kind of tough, but it's still cool to watch the, the boys walk through life and, and kind of figure things out uh, through adversity, and this is a big year for adversity, of course. And then I also worked for the Canapolis Cannonballers as their play-by-play announcer, so that's just an absolute blessing. I was with the Canapolis Intimidators for two seasons. Would have been my third year last year. Would have been my fourth year this year. So I guess we're kind of saying this is only my third season. I don't even know how it's going to go. But nonetheless, just really blessed to have these jobs and the Lord has put me in some really cool spots to be able to positively impact other people. So that's the journey and that's my daily goal and my grind whenever I'm uh, back behind the mic.
0: Cool, man. So we'll hit on basketball first. Say you bleed Niner green and with you being the color analyst for the 49ers, you don't really have to show much objectivity. You can really be a fan in a way. Would that be accurate?
1: So I actually would say no. I don't know if that's just me. And I think a lot of other broadcasters and people that are basically with the team are probably homers as well. But for me, I don't like using the word us or me or anything because I'm not technically part of the team. I'm not the one making a play. I have no way to impact the game. So I don't like saying that as much as other broadcasters may. And I actually look out for other broadcasters saying that. With the Canapos Cannonballers, even with them, I'm not a huge us-or-me fan. I, I really don't. I, I like saying who they are. And, yes, I do know more about the Charlotte 49ers, but I think in a sense that so many broadcasters want to do it, I want to be a little different and not say us, me, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is cool whenever the Niners hit a, a buzzer beater, and I'm going to be a lot more excited for that. I always will be. And that's because a large majority of our fans and viewers and listeners are going to be people who love the Charlotte 49ers. So, of course, I will do that. I've just always uh, took a different route with that and not use us or me just because I feel like I don't impact the game well enough or at all to be able to say us or me because I understand the grind that they do. And I understand that although I grind and I do what I need to do to prepare myself and to analyze the game and to be one with them. And as much as I would love to be on the team and shooting a shot, I'm not. So I differentiate myself from other
0: broadcasters that way. That's cool. I'm not going to steal the show here. I'll let Miles take over and ask a few questions that he
2: has. Hey, Trevor, you mentioned that you're a color analyst. Obviously, this year was a lot different than any other year. How was broadcasting this year? And was it difficult at times?
1: Yeah, man, it was difficult. There was a couple of times where I had to broadcast the game virtually. So I had to do that back in Haunt Arena when the team was on the road. And yeah, it was tough. And again, COVID, all that stunk. But it was a little different. I was watching the game literally with the fan on ESPN Plus and calling the game from a large TV up in the third floor of Halton Arena. So that was definitely a challenge. But at the end of the day, yeah, I had to wear a mask all the of time. I had to wear a face shield. We didn't get the nice pregame food that – We normally get, we had to bus a lot more. We didn't get to fly private anymore. There's so many things that happen, but every single time I started to feel that way. Oh man, why am I getting a box lunch steak? Like, what is this? Like, what is this salmon? Why is it a little cold? I'm like, you know what, dude? I am literally still living the dream. There's so many people that are going through worse scenarios than me. Who am I? What am I doing uh, to my character if I'm over here going, man, I can't believe they gave me a plastic fork for this steak. That's stupid. So, yeah, there were things that stunk about it, and I'm not going to be here saying, yeah, it was perfect. But, yeah, look on the positive side. I was still blessed to keep my job. I was still blessed. Mike Kill, Chris Full, and Ron Sanchez and all those guys still allowed us to travel on the road to get to talk to these players. Again, socially distance, and we're sanitizing all the time. We're doing all this stuff. Yeah, I had to wear a mask on a bus for eight hours one time and not take it down under my – like, that stinks, And I had to sleep with it on the bus. But the thing is, I was still blessed, still had the job. I was still traveling. I sat down during buzzer beaters, during great games. I still got to look around and go, you know what? I'm calling a basketball game and I'm getting paid for this. Like, So this is awesome. This is too cool. And that's the outlook that I have on the game. That's the outlook I have on life.
2: Looking at it from our perspective, we didn't really get to go to a lot of games. Because usually nine our times, we would bring, like, maybe one of the editors would want to go and then the staff writer who's writing the recap. We couldn't even do that this year. There's only one person who would usually go. But looking at next season and past two seasons overall, there's there's going to be a lot of ter- roster turnover probably again for the second straight year. Matos is leaving. Cannon was a senior. Shepard. And then Stone Carwell announced that he's transferring.
0: So Caleb Bird as well.
2: Caleb Bird's transferring? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't see that one, but still a lot of roster turnover potentially and for the second straight season too is this just kind of unfortunate timing or is there something potentially going on that we don't know about
1: no there's nothing that you don't really know about there's always going to be things that even I don't know about and it's just in the player locker room and as much access as I get to the team that I still don't know things and as much as I want to have that access I know that I'm not the one grinding out with the guys and with the coaches and getting this 6am workouts and staying and getting the 12 o'clock at night shot. So I don't think I deserve to know that stuff and I'm okay with that. But of course there's always going to be things going on. There's always going to be player drama. Like no matter how cohesive a team is, I bet you there's still some player drama. There's, if you're not getting minutes, yeah, you want to play. And if you're not playing and you want to play, if you're not on the same page with everyone, sometimes it's okay to leave. It's not the worst thing in the world to do. And I know a lot of people are like, oh man, this happened. This wise kid's gone. Well, it could be better for him. So like Caleb Bird, I think the kid is a really talented player. It just didn't look like it was going to work out with the Charlotte 49ers. They thought it did. It just the experiment didn't work. And again, some people may say, yeah, they didn't experiment with him enough. Guys, they practice a lot. Okay. They practice a lot. People always say, man, why didn't this guy get more time, blah, blah, blah. Some guys just don't feel comfortable in the system and the system just doesn't fit them as well once you get there. And so this year was definitely tough. And I'm glad that the kids get this year where they can go back out and because they weren't able to do all the in-house visits and stuff like that and come to campus and visit. So if they want to go somewhere else, if they weren't able to get that, that's okay because you weren't really able to get the whole culture filled via Zoom or Skype or whatever. So It is a problem in the NCAA having all these guys going to the transfer portal. I don't like it because it diminishes all mid-major. Not all mid-major, of course, but it is so tough to build a mid-major. So tough to stay consistent. We've seen so many teams in Conference USA. They've done really well for like two years. UAB, really good for a couple of years. Middle Tennessee, same thing. Western Kentucky, they're the ones who are consistently getting some top-tier talent, but again, still not very, very consistent at the top. So the scheme that the Charlotte 49ers have it's hard, man. It's not easy. It's not for everyone. It feels for everyone, everyone who want to come here, but it's not. You get there, you grind it out, you figure out what you want. If you like it, awesome. You buy in. But if you don't want to buy in, Coach Sanchez, and they're not going to feel sorry for you. They're not going to sit around and butter you up and cupcake you up. It's going to be, hey, are you going to play here? And that's how it has to be. Yeah, of course, you have to be that extra parent for them at the university and on the court. But at the end of the day, man, you need grinders. And I think Caleb Berg is going to go on and do great things. Caleb Stone can go on and do great things. So many players do that. I don't think it's going to have that much of a change. I believe like Jameer Young and those guys are staying as well, which would be awesome. And then he's got a decent little class coming up as well with uh, what, Dalen Berry, I believe, and then a couple other guys. Zay, he's going to be a true freshman next year. And you're going to have Ali Khalifa. This guy's going to be one of the best centers that you're going to find a Conference USA. So there's a lot of things that are going to be very exciting to look forward to. Jameer Young, guys, see, no one gives this guy, everyone's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We'll retweet him, man this guy needs to be put on a freaking pedestal right now. This guy is going to go down as a Charlotte 49er great, And so many fans are almost like hissing it away because we need to support this kid. We need this kid to be front and center. We need to say, Hey, this kid needs to be signing autographs doing all this stuff because he is legit. He's a bad mama jamma. And he's one of the best guards, I think in conference USA. And I, I really hope that whenever fans come in here, they support this team and, Whenever they're dogging on them, it doesn't help anybody out. It takes time and they have the right people in place, the right assistant coaches, the right players in place. It takes time to build things. And you, you look at Coach Consuegra. I talked to her a few months ago about it. She goes, Trevor, I wasn't very good in my third, fourth, and fifth year. And I never thought I was going to get fired. She goes, but those are the toughest years right there. Because you get your recruits in, your recruits that you think they're your recruits, they think you play your style of play. Next thing you know, they really don't, and then you can even hone in a little bit more on who you think is actually going to be uh, part of your program. So I could go on for literally hours about it, but that's a little synopsis for you.
0: Not to say that Jameer is going to transfer or is not, but per his social media, he said that he probably was going to stick around. But then just a few days ago, I texted him personally. He says he's still unsure. So fingers crossed he stays because that would be – Probably one of the biggest blows that Charlotte could take at this point if he were to leave, but that's just uh, what I've heard from him.
1: I mean, heck, man, if he left, it would stink. It would suck. It would be like, oh, man, we can get better. He can get better, but that kid's a, a bona fide winner. He's a, a true winner, won three titles, what, his senior year at DeMath, the Catholic up in Virginia. I'm telling you, We need to rally around this kid, and uh, he could be the cornerstone of this program's change uh, moving forward.
2: I think the biggest thing is just, support, like you said earlier. This year, he was putting up some insane numbers. There wasn't enough guys around him to score points and get wins.
1: Yeah. And I mean, losing a lot of guys last year, that really stung. Losing a guy like Cooper Robb, who ended up going back to his home in in, what Eastern Kentucky and, and working out there and almost making it to the championship game in their conference. And course Malik Martin going to Rhode Island going back where his brother played more towards his home and in New York it's tough to lose those two guys and you look at Malik he likely would have been a starter this year and you're gonna have Bryce Williams coming back again this guy's a, a really good ball player if, mentally if he can get there I think that he can be one of the best scorers in Conference USA really good score I haven't really talked to Shep again let them kind of play it out and and don't like to intervene and just because there's so many people that are texting him and that are calling him hey you need to do this you need to do this Man, let the guy do what he needs to do, and he's going to figure it out. He'll tell everybody when the time's right. I think there's uh, some other guy, Jared Garcia. None of these guys got a summer to learn the scheme. And, and Virginia, again, they weren't built in a day. They weren't built in a year. They weren't built in two, three years. They they need a time for them to get the right guys. Hey, this guy's going to come in. He's going to play the pack line. He's going to want to say defense first and get out in transition and want to throw down some dunks on somebody and hit some trays. And it's going to come. The talent is there and getting here. But... Yeah, people need to continue to stay patient. Where Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X, relax, because things will get better.
0: Can you give your insight on the nine-game losing skid towards the end of the year? Without sounding redundant, the camaraderie between the team, you never really see the full picture. But nine-game losing skid, what can be said to explain that, especially after the team didn't look half bad before that?
1: It just seemed like a lot of guys just almost checked out. And so whenever the, the going went tough, It got tougher, and and guys just said, hey, let's just throw it in. And, again, that's just from the outside looking in. I'm not one with the team, but it's starting to see that because we saw so many great halves where we're like, oh, man, they're competing. We saw a great game against UAB. Came back, beat them by 15 after getting held to, what, 30, 40 points in the first game. Same thing against Western Kentucky, where you almost beat them the first game, lose in the last few seconds, and then winning overtime against one of the top teams that we just saw go to the Final Four in the NIT. So this is the team that showed that they were capable of beating anybody in the conference and beating Davidson, beating the brakes off Davidson for 40 straight minutes. That's a huge win. And I know it all gets overlooked by the last nine games, but I think those last nine games were all emotion. And emotionally, the boys were just not prepared in their heart to really be able to will those games out and to be able to compete. And you look at Jameer Young. These guys, they don't go out there and just sit around. They go out there, they bust their butt at all times. And I know a lot of times it doesn't look that way. And, and there's sometimes times where I, even I feel like, man, like why didn't he give it his all? And sometimes they don't. But again, for the most part, these guys are putting their heads down and, and they're going after it. But we're all human. Whenever things are going your way, you're going to put your head down and you need to have a leader on the team. Remember that UCLA guy, their little point he pushed up the chin of the his center at late in the game. He missed a shot and he goes, boom, and he pushed his chin up and the kid got back on defense and made it like, that's what we need. That's what the Charlotte 49ers need. And there I catch myself saying we right there. Sometimes I do. When I get emotional, I do. But that's what the Charlotte 49ers need is someone to step up and be a leader. And I just don't know if anybody really wanted to step up this year and, and be that vocal leader that they needed on the court.
0: As we kind of wrap up our basketball talk here, I'm going to put you on the spot. Record next year, what do you think? They're going to finish Conference USA standings as well.
1: I'll go more just standings for you instead of the finish of the number. This could just be me being an optimistic, positive freaking dude, where that's all I do. But I, I honestly think that they could be a top five team in the conference. And I know that's a stretch for a lot of people, but I think they could be a top five team in Conference USA. The way that some of the guys coming in with another year underneath their belt with a full season, these guys are grinding right now. They're getting after it with the team. So again, that could just be me being optimistic. If it, it would have been a legit year this year, if everything would have stayed normal, if we would have had exit interviews last year and all this stuff, guys, telling you, what are we talking about? Nine game losing streak. And I think we'd be talking about the Charlotte 49ers going deep in the conference tournament. But again, this is a weird year. It was a tough year, tough year. We missed the fans' morning thing. We missed the media more than anything. And by we, I mean, me and Matt swear at the broadcasters too, where we missed everybody. And there's a lot of factors and the tough teams, the tough middle teams were able to do it. And I guess you can figure out that the Charlotte 49ers this past season just weren't as mentally tough as they should have been.
0: Yeah, I'm not too far off from you, Trevor. I wrote down before I came here today that they could have the upside to finish top five. They were like the fifth seed in the East region of Conference USA this year. But then again, I think they have the potential to be that good, but I also think they could – you know, finish same as they did this year. It all depends on how many people truly buy into the system and how many people give it 100%.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree anymore, man. And it's Ron Sanchez and his coaching staff, Coach Vic, Coach Kimmel, Coach Fern, Coach everybody, Coach Dean, KP, Morgan. I mean, they all coach, hey, Matt Schultz. It's the little things that will win you college basketball games. You're not going to go out and score 100 points. Got to be able to box out going to be able to limit the stupid turnovers, the live ball turnovers. And again, just things that they didn't do this year. And they put their heads down sometimes and four or five turnovers in a row, boom. You lose the ball game right there. You lose the ball game in the first five minutes of the game in a second. And that's the saying that everyone says. So the little things that is guys are going to be able to get better with with a lot of practice and with the full summer.
0: So as we transition to baseball last Tuesday, first game ever in the new Atrium Health Ballpark. Charlotte put the whooping on App State so I want to get your thoughts on you as the baseball ops manager for the Cannonballers what it was like as an organization to be able to host that kind of event
1: felt like a dream come true for me man I was a kid in a freaking candy store I can tell you that I was running around I had all my people I was able to talk to coach Woodard Matt Brooks Todd Elwood all those guys in the dugout before I was able to to get the first pitch to get the home run ball, to be able to get the scorecard. We had so many local media come out. We had about 30-plus media credentials. We had four of the major st- news stations here in the greater Charlotte area able to come out as well, WBTV, WCNC, Spectrum News, all those guys, articles, all this stuff, media coverage was phenomenal, Just my uh, alumni base, my best friends coming out there. It was phenomenal. App State, again, it's a wonderful rivalry that we have between the boonies, just a couple hours up the road. So it was just awesome to open up the brand new stadium, to debut the flashing lights for home runs, for t-shirt tosses, to get the scoreboard going, the PA mic going, to get Jackson Kaplan up there calling the game, making sure all that stuff works. The video from top to bottom, it was just a class act by everyone involved in our our organization and for the Charlotte 49ers and for the Appalachian State Mountaineers. It was awesome. The press box was rocking and rolling. We were having a good time. We always have a good time in the press box. Of course, uh, I, I always have some coffee on board and always rocking and rolling, having a good time. And then the beer was flowing. The hot dogs were roasting. It was just It was awesome.
0: Sam Perry, one of our own here at the Niner Times, is in the box with you as a scoreboard keeper, and we appreciate, I'm sure you appreciate what he does for you as well as us at the Niner Times. But I resemble that remark that you were a kid in a candy store because I was able to maybe talk to you for a minute and a half solid. You're like a chicken with your head cut off, just running around talking to everyone. But when the baseball ops manager makes everyone feel happy, when the fans are happy, you're happy. So
1: That's the goal, and we... Yeah, had a blast, AK. That's our hashtag with the Canapolis Cannonballers. And everyone did a a phenomenal job. And if the big man upstairs would have kept off the the cold weather for another day, it would have been nice. But he decided to help out our merchandise and our team store and get people to buy sweatshirts and toboggans slash beanies. Yes, I say toboggans uh, down here in the South, but they got them to buy toboggans. So we got some merchandise sales over some of our uh, weather. So shout out to the big man upstairs for that.
2: Yeah, it was probably nice to finally be back in a baseball atmosphere, especially after so long with all the fans back. And also back in Kannapolis, that new stadium, since it was ready for last season, obviously didn't get the play. So I bet that was a lot of fun to see that stadium finally get used. But looking at Charlotte baseball, have you looked at them this season? And what are your thoughts on them so far?
1: I mean, I keep up with Twitter. I'll text Coach Woodard every now and then. I'll text, again, Matt Brooks, Todd, Todd Elwood, two of the guys that I know pretty well from them being about 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th year seniors. But uh, shout out to those guys. I love them to <laughs> death. But, but, yeah, man, so, I mean, I keep up with them as much as I can. And, of course, I was able to go and, and cover that Rhode Island game that they did in Uptown, which was beautiful and, and awesome and a great uh, series against uh, the Rhode Island Rams, of course, and getting that that win. And I keep up with them on, online. I know all this uh, McCabe, this guy's an absolute stud, the the Canadian. You got Teichel at the leadoff position. He's got the Texas little wrap on his head. And he, whenever he hits a home run, that's what he's done. But I, I follow him to a good extent, but not enough to be able to sit here and break them down and say what they're doing right, say what they're doing wrong. But I know they're doing a lot of the analytics things. And I know that they say Robert Woodard and the, Bo Robb and the rest of his guys with Bicknell and Tyler Simmons, they run a, a really high class, a high caliber organization. And it seems like they have the guys that they want in line as well, new practice facility thanks to Zach Jarrett and Dell Jarrett and his family as well. So that's rock and a rolling, man. And they're just enjoying themselves and everything looks good. And I can't wait to see what they do, see what Robert Water can do in the next probably two to three years.
0: Yeah, and at the game, I was able to enjoy it more from a fan's perspective. I went down and talked to some fans in the stands and got their outlook on the game and put their responses in my article. And when I told them that I was going to be – Um, on with you here today they just wanted to say thank you for the great atmosphere that you provide with the cannonballers provided for the game they really enjoyed themselves and really just wanted to say thank you
1: yeah well again hey we'll appreciate you guys coming out and support man that's all we care about and just to be able to to bring a smile to everyone's faces even if we can't see it through the mask
0: so we're gonna talk a little bit about the cannonballers since you know charlotte but really cannonballers is your thing and the chicago white Sox also but Talk a little bit about the outlook of the season, what you're looking forward to most players to watch that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I think the crack of the bat of a wooden bat. Yeah. The aluminum bat sounds all right guys, but it's not as nice as a wooden bat. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) And uh, I'm just excited just to, to meet the other broadcasters, whether that's at my home, AKA the Atrium Health Ballpark, or if it's just over Zoom, Skype, whatever that may email, text, FaceTime, but just kind of meet all those guys and have some fun with my press box staff. And, just to get the season underneath our belt. And I know it's not going to be the season that we always dreamed of, hoped and wanted for and prayed for, but it's still going to be a baseball season, still going to be a lot of fun. And man, there's some guys, some younger guns that we may get, but I can't even speculate on who we may get because we really don't know anything because our manager, Guillermo Quiros, he is not even in Arizona just yet. Actually, I think he's going up there today or yesterday or today. So he doesn't know who he's going to get. We don't know what prospects are going where because we thought we were going to get Garrett Crochet. And next thing you know, we don't have a season. And now he's throwing 101 miles an hour as a lefty in the bullpen for the Chicago White Sox last year, two months after getting drafted. So, man, Kevin and Miles, we literally have no clue who we're getting, which is fun. I enjoy that and hopefully we'll get a top probably top three, top five of the top 30 prospects, and then be able to work on from there and open up atrium health ballpark, hopefully with some wins and some fireworks on and off the field and have a good time. But Hey, I'm just excited for the fresh cut grass, the smell of hot dogs and all the beer doesn't smell good. Smell beer. Hey, as long as I'm smelling it, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to do too much you know, advertising, but if you're in the neighborhood and you want to go see a game, tickets aren't that expensive and they also have you know season tickets available still at the cannonballers and get one of their mini plans for 90 or 95 dollars i'm not sure trevor are they 90 or 95? 95
1: 95 Ninety-five yeah. bucks man yeah you're right so yeah yeah, have that season tickets are on sale a lot of fun stuff so yeah hopefully have 50 percent capacity hopefully we'll have the, the backing of cdc major league baseball governor or cooper all those guys to have some fun bring some people out everyone stay healthy keep your mask on and We'll have a good time, and yeah, we're excited for the season. May 4th will be opener, but whenever we get there, May 4th at 7 o'clock will be the only time that I am sure that we are playing baseball here in 2021.
2: I <laughs> might have to get a ticket during the season because I didn't get to go during the App State Charlotte game, so I might have to go and buy myself a ticket. Yeah, Miles, you'll definitely have to go. To that The facilities there are,
0: I you mean, know, it's a family facility. They got playground for the kids. Just you can enjoy the game, go get some merchandise, but real nice facility there, and we wish Cannonballers the best of luck. It was great for Charlotte to be able to kick off or whatever terminology you want to use, get the ball rolling or get the bat swinging, if you will, in the new ballpark. But, you know, thanks again, Trevor, for being on today. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate getting your insight on baseball, basketball, and just want to really give my thanks. And Miles, I'm sure feels the same way. Thanks for joining us, Trevor.
1: Yeah. Miles, Cameron, thanks for having me on boys. Go Niners, go ballers. And Hopefully go Hornets. I'm watching that game currently. So, yeah, we'll have some fun with that. But, hey, y'all be good. Thanks so much for having me on, guys.
0: So as we uh, just wrap up, you know, want to give Trevor another shout-out. Great guy, former 49er, Cannonballers operations manager now, Charlotte color analyst for the basketball team. He does a lot. He's really made something, you know, of himself doing what he does now. And it's good to have him pour into us as students and get his take on what he's
2: doing with his life now. Always nice to get his thoughts. He's really personable, really open, just loves to talk, and he's easy to talk about with sports, and he's very knowledgeable too, so it's nice to have him on the show.
0: Yep, and as we uh, wrap up, from me and Miles, we just want to say have a great week.